Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. <laughs> well, we're celebrating. I felt like I was teaching Pilates then for a minute. We're celebrating our month of Thanksgiving and church, I am truly and sincerely so thankful for you guys. I'm so thankful for you. You are my brothers and my sisters in the faith. You are my family. You are and have been and continue to be my supporters. And you encourage me and bless me so very much. And, you know, I truly believe that it is the the church, the house of God is the hope of the world. And it's truly what keeps me in the faith is the local church. So because you sweeten my life, I have a sweet treat for you all this morning. That will wake you up, bit of a sugar hit. And so Pete and Deb are just going to hand those around as I start bringing the message to you. To you. So it says in John 15, 5, I am the vine, this is Jesus speaking, and you are the branches. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. I believe that thanksgiving in our lives is evidence of good fruit. If you and I can be thankful regardless of, it shows that we have good fruit in our life. You know, I was thankful in spite of losing all my notes for my message for this morning. (laughs) Had a bit of a meltdown momentarily. (laughs) But God said to me, you know, I've been preaching to this scripture to you all year. That is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so God said, don't you think I can give you another message, Trina? <laughs> don't you think you can do all things because I will strengthen you? And I said, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, Jason. I will still preach. <laughs> but I read this quote. I want to read it to you. An entire sea of water can't sink a ship unless it gets inside the ship. Similarly, The negativity of the world can't put you down unless you allow it inside you. Thanksgiving, church, is the key. It's the antidote to negativity and anything that wants to keep you down. I want to propose to you this morning a question. This thought, what if Thanksgiving is actually a perspective? It's a perspective you can actually choose. You see, happiness is transient. And so also is sadness. Happiness and sadness, they come and they go. However, thankfulness, thanksgiving and gratitude can be ever-present whenever we choose them to be so. The Bible says in Joel 3.10, Let the weak say, I am strong. Is then God telling us to lie? What about if I don't feel strong? And he's telling me, let the weak say, I am strong. He's teaching us, actually, to choose a heavenly perspective on our earthly circumstances. Thanksgiving will almost always require a change of perspective. A change of perspective. Our perspective begins to change as we superimpose the Word of God, and speak it over every area of our life. As we do this, we are in actual fact telling ourselves a better lie. Does that make sense? We're telling ourselves a better lie than the one the enemy is telling us. 
Now let me explain. By saying that, I mean we might think that declaring we are strong when actually we feel weak is telling a lie or being false or untrue. But remember that prophesying the Word of God coupled with thanksgiving and gratitude, it works because it reprograms our mindset. Our beliefs are made up of what we say to ourselves over and over again through repetition. So isn't it better then to reprogram ourselves with the Word of God, even if you don't feel the feels, even if you don't initially believe it when you say, I am strong, than to do the same with negativity or defeating thoughts that the enemy would give us. Far better to reprogram our mind with those godly words. God's word will become your truth and it will work in your life as the Holy Spirit breathes life on it and as you choose to declare it over your life. You know, most of us can think of sowing and reaping as a physical action, something that we actually do. We sow something and we reap it as physical action taken. But do you realise, church, that we are always on a daily basis sowing and reaping with our thoughts and our confession. Our thoughts lead to our feelings and our emotions and that leads to actions. We are sowing and reaping all the time just with our thoughts and our confession. Now we know already that it says in Philippians 4.8 to think about whatever is good and lovely. We all know that scripture so well. Whatever is of above, think on these things. And we also know that because it also says in Proverbs 23.7 that what we think about becomes our life. As a man or a woman thinks, so they will become. So in other words, whatever we hold in our mind on a consistent basis is exactly what we will experience in our lives. So ask yourself today, what are the dominant, the most dominant thoughts that I'm thinking about? What do I hear myself saying the most? Which old paradigms, which are just simply our belief systems, really need to change? The Bible equally tells us and illustrates the outcome of those grumblers and complainers who ended up either delaying their destination and purpose or actually missing it completely because of their negative confession and their negative interpretation. My word, negative interpretations are so important. They're such a big thing. Do you ever, anyone know anyone like that? That, you know, they, they'll interpret a situation and you'll think, gee, I didn't see it like that. They've got a completely negative spin on it. The Bible shows us this clearly with the ten spies. Five gave a favourable report, a faith-filled report, and five did not. The interesting thing is the five that didn't give the positive report caused fear, the Bible says, to spread throughout the whole camp of Israel. And so we all know the story that they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years just on a negative report, a negative perspective from five people. That's an important lesson for us all, how important it is, church, how we interpret circumstances, especially in these days that we're living in. So let's be real. Part of the physics of being human is that we're not always going to feel like being thankful, are we? Let's be real. 
we don't always feel the feels. But like any muscle, it's the more we activate it through regular training, the stronger and more defined it will become. And this is especially so with thanksgiving, with developing an attitude of gratitude. You know, God's Word gives us the tools, doesn't it? It has everything that we need. But it's actually us who need to apply them consistently in our daily lives. Not just, it's easy to be thankful on a Sunday. It's easily to feel the feels when we're in church. But it's when the rubber hits the road, when we're living our lives, our daily lives, that we really need to consistently apply them. Let me give you a really deep, this is really deep now. Okay, so listen, lean in. You're not going to hear anything deeper than this today. You cannot become a person who is thankful regardless of until you start practising becoming a person who is thankful. There you go. And don't just think thankful thoughts, but be someone who, who speaks them out. Confess them out of your mouth. Make your confession one of thanksgiving. Little side note too, as we begin to change, and so many of us, we want to, don't we? We come to God and we know that there's areas in our life that we want to change. And so we begin to take the steps that I'm talking about. But you know, your own brain will freak out when you start to change. It doesn't like it. It likes the old mindset. It likes the old habit pattern. It likes the old way. And it will freak out on you. I just want to warn you, it will. It'll freak out because it doesn't like the new. It likes the old familiar. So don't be afraid also of what other people might think. So first of all, your own brain is going to freak out of you. Then people around you mightn't like it or they mightn't accept it or they might think you're up yourself or they might say, get off your high horse or whatever. But I love this quote from Wayne Dyer. It says, be independent of the good opinion of others and go about your way. I was talking to Holly on the phone, uh, regular practice, she often rings, and so I was talking to her and she was telling me all about this client, she's in real estate, how difficult he was and he'd always talk over the top of her and she was really exasperated and so, you know, being a good spiritual mother, I'm trying to encourage her in the faith and I'm telling her about three specific clients that I have at the salon. Um, I do wig fitting, um, just so you know, work for Advanced Hair Studio. And so I was telling her about these three clients and, you know, how God was challenging me and convicting me about my responses to them and all that kind of thing. Anyway, I kid you not, I get off the phone, I feel really good, like I've given her a good pep talk. And my phone rings, all three of those clients book in all at once in the one week. I kid you not. This is real. This is true. (laughs) And I just so was laughing. I thought, God, you are so funny. I knew it was my test. And so I began to get really excited about it. I chose to get excited and I thought, right, I'm going to be so on this. I'm all over this. And I began to thank God for these clients. I began to thank God that he was with me that he was going to give me the strategies for them. And I'm talking about even my bosses from Melbourne. One of them was up one time and he's like, oh, my gosh, how do you deal with them? And I I said, I know, can we send them to Shepparton, to the other salon? (laughs) But I was thanking God, you know, that he was going to give me the strategies and that he was going to, you know, soften their hearts toward me and whatever. And can I encourage you, church, don't pray prayers 
to have your prayers answered. Pray as if they are already answered. Pray to a God who you believe has already heard what you're asking and thank him that it is already done. And so I want to tell you that this is the, this is the truth. The first client who on a previous visit, actually stood up out of the chair, ripped the wig off his head, which isn't easy to do, it's stuck down there, and he walked out, he stormed out with it in his hand. So this same client actually said to me, do you know you are the best hairdresser that advanced hair has ever had? And he just like, and I was like, I nearly fell over. The second client, who was also extremely difficult, He actually is the only one, it's a bit of a long story, right, but I had to sew clips in his wig. It's very difficult to put a needle and thread through a wig full of hair and a thick wig, okay? It's not fun. Anyway, he came in and he offered to sew the clips in for me. He said, let me take it home and I will sew them in for you. And I'm like, he was just really helpful. And the third one was, anyway, he was just like a pussycat, timid, lovely and kind. And so... That was just such a great opportunity and I was so blessed. And I knew that God was testing me and I knew that I passed the test, but I also saw the grace of God in their responses. And also, you know, with my mum, I've I've spoken to you a lot about my mum this year, I know, but my father passed away earlier in the year and it was really challenging because I'm the only um, sibling that lives here and it was just, it's just been very challenging. And so, you know, I began to thank mum. I'd be driving out to a house and I used to start to feel a little bit of anxiety. But I just began to thank God. I thank you, God, for my mum. I thank you, God, that I'm going to bring my best self to her today. I'm going to serve her. I'm going to love her unconditionally. And do you know that our relationship since my father passed in April to now is the best that it's ever been. Our relationship has completely turned around. It's the best it's been in years. The power of Thanksgiving Church releases the power of God to bring about change. If you hear nothing else today in this message, know and believe that the power of Thanksgiving releases the power of God in your life. And today I want to challenge you to hold fast a confession of faith. You know, we've all had, I've had them too, things in our life that have shaken us, that are unexpected. And I understand that. I understand that it requires a lot more effort to focus on what is good when an unexpected storm arises. But how well we endure the storm, church, is often determined by the words we choose to speak. So be careful to watch over your confession. Choose wisely what you allow to come out of your mouth. Instead of giving power to your fears and your failures, speak life over your situation, your job, the people that bug you, whatever it is. You know, your words are a creative force. And through words of faith, you get the opportunity to speak life and victory into every circumstance. Amen? You're all so quiet today. <laughs> A scripture in Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And in Proverbs 4.23, it talks about what flows out of you is far more important, church, than what comes into you, what comes out of you. The Bible calls it the issue of life. So allow life to flow out of you. I want to encourage you with that today. Now, I have a prophetic word for somebody here in the building. 
I think she's still here. I'm not sure. It is actually, um, I, I felt that it was, it was for you, Leanne. But I've got to admit this morning, I still believe it's for you. But I actually believe that it's more, it's for others in the room as well. So if you hear this word and it's for you, I want you to receive it into your spirit. But God, Leanne, wants you to know that his love is for you. It always has been for you. It, it always will be for you. And God wants you to let go of your past and personal history. Don't stay bonded to it. Don't stay bonded to it. Don't stay committed to your past pain, Leanne. You know, I saw a picture. God gave me a picture of you, and you are so beautiful. And but God is—he um, sees that you're carrying a weight around on your shoulders, and God is saying, "Give it to me. Give it to me. Let me take that weight. Let me take that burden of you." But it's like you're in a bit of a tug of war sometimes. You let God have it, and then you you take it back. It's like I was talking about earlier. Just continue to renew your mind. Speak faith, speak life over your family, over those situations that bother you and believe and see the goodness of God change those situations by changing you and your perspective. And so I just, I want to pray with you after service today. But I do believe that that word is also for anyone else here that feels that that speaks to you. Don't stay committed to your past pain. God wants to set you free from that. And so speaking about the storms of life, just as I finish, we're going to go to the Word of God, which is the Word of the Week, which is all of these scriptures in Acts. So Paul literally, um, we're reading about a literal storm that takes place in the life of the account of the life of, of the Apostle Paul. It's found in Acts 27. And we read in these passages that I'll read to you in a moment that Paul is wrongly accused and in prison. And so he's to be brought before Caesar. So they set sail on a ship for Rome. And along the journey, Paul warns the captain of the ship, look, I don't think we should proceed. You know, there's going to be a big storm. But they ignore Paul's warning and they don't listen to him and they end up shipwrecked. And they manage to dog paddle to the shore. They're cold, they're tired, they're wet. And Paul helps the islanders gather wood and he gets bitten, not by a mosquito, not by a spider, but by a venomous snake. Now, can you imagine they're cold, they're wet, they've already been shipwrecked. Can anything else go wrong? I mean, what? He's supposed to be in Rome, on his way to Rome, and he ends up stranded on the island of Malta. Now, a little side note here. Malta means refuge. Coincidence? I think not. He ends up on the island of refuge. I love the scriptures because there's always meaning in every word. So, I mean, talk about a run of one thing after the other. Have you ever felt like that? One thing after the other. Are you serious? that is now happening ever felt like that what else could possibly go wrong and then something does if you find yourself asking the question why God why you are asking the wrong question instead ask what is this revealing about me to me what is your plan and direction for me in the midst of this, God? You know, if we ask God a better question, we're going to get a better answer. And so Paul had every legitimate reason 
to be negative, to curse God, to get upset. But let's take a look at his actions and responses in the middle of this. From Acts 27, I'm going to read from verse 20, 21 to 26. And it says, After being without food for a long time, Paul stepped before them and he said, Men, you should have listened to me and avoided all of this pain and suffering. Now, every husband and wife, look straight ahead right now. Word of note to all the married people, two things you should never say to someone. I told you so, you should have listened to me and calm down. Okay, let's move on. He says, you should have listened to me. This w- and we could have avoided all of this pain and suffering by not leaving Crete. But now listen to me. Don't be depressed. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I love this Bible. For no one will perish, only the ship will be lost. For God's angel visited me last night, the angel of my God, the God I passionately serve. I love it. He came and told me and stood in front of me and said, don't be afraid, Paul. You are destined to stand trial before Caesar. And because of God's favour on you, he has given you the lives of everyone who was with me. So you guys are going to be okay because you're with me and my God is with me. I love it. So men, keep up your courage, he says. Stiffer up, lift and all. I know that God will protect you just as he told me he would. But we must run aground on some island and be saved. So what does Paul do? He encourages them. He prophesies over them positively. Let's move down to verse 33 to 36. Then Paul took bread and gave thanks to God. In front of them, he broke it and began to eat. There were 276 people who ate and they were filled and were strengthened and encouraged. So again, he encourages them. Again, he gives thanks to God and he acknowledges and magnifies God. We're moving down to chapter 28 verses 3 to 6 about Paul gathering the wood. So Paul then gathers an armful of brushwood and was settling, setting it on the fire. A venomous snake was driven out by the heat and it latched onto his hand with its fangs. Oh my gosh. When the islanders saw the snake dangling from Paul's hand, they said to one another, no doubt about it, this guy is a murderer. Even though he escaped death at sea, Now a snake has come out to bite him. Now remember I spoke earlier about a negative perspective? (sighs) That's what they had at this time. They had that version. But Paul, he shook the snake off, flung it into the fire and suffered no harm at all. Everyone watched him, expecting him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. After observing him for a long time and seeing that nothing unusual happened, they changed their perspective. They changed their minds and said, he must be a God. Isn't that hilarious? So first of all, he's like, oh, and now, oh, he must be a God. So funny. So then we see in these scriptures that he is now a powerful witness and a testimony to God. He shook off the snake. The islanders were all watching him. Church. Who is watching you? Who in your sphere is watching you? Because I guarantee you that people in your world, your workmates, your family, your friends, they're watching you. They're watching to see your response. 
They're watching to see your attitude. They're watching to see your responses. And especially so in the days that we're living in. And especially so when you profess to be a Christian. So make sure that you're aware of who's watching you and what your responses are going to be, that they would point glory to God. Finally now in verses 7 to 10. The Roman governor of that same island, Malta, named Publius, had his estate nearby. He graciously graciously welcomed us as his house guests and showed us hospitality for three days that we stayed with him. But his father lay sick in bed, suffering from fits of high fever and dysentery. Now keep in mind in those days you died from dysentery. There weren't no Imodium, you didn't go down to chemist warehouse. It was serious. So he was suffering really badly. So Paul went into his room and after praying, placed his hands on him and he was instantly healed. Praise God. When the people of the island heard about this miracle, they brought all the sick to Paul and all were healed. The islanders honoured us greatly and we were, when we were preparing to set sail, they gave us all the supplies that we needed for our journey. Isn't that amazing? So I bet though that that man who had dysentery was really glad that Paul was delayed on his trip to Rome and was shipwrecked because he received his healing. Church, all this happened out of a shipwreck experience. In all this, Paul still made himself available to do God's will. I love it. I love it. Church, don't discount the purposes of God in your life even in the midst of. Develop the belief that everything, everything is working for you, even when it doesn't look like it. Don't chase the cat, kick the dog, curse your job, curse your boss, fight with your partner or lose hope. God says he's with you. What's that song we sing out of the blessing? He is for you, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you. Key change. He is for you, he is for you, he is for you. Believe it, declare it, prophesy it over your life and give thanks. Amen. Amen. (laughs) What a great way to end. She made it sound so good too, didn't she? Gosh, yes. So praise God, what a great message. Have you ever had thoughts about, ever thought about something that you're thankful for? You know, you just find yourself reflecting and you you think to yourself, gosh, you know, when that person said this or when they did that, you know, that, that just really blessed me. Have you ever then taken that thought and told them that it blessed you? Because that's where the real power actually is. It's good that you were blessed, but let's be a people of praise and give praise. So I want to encourage you, don't just think about it, think about it. Don't just think about it, think about it. You know, Paul's a, just a great praiser. Uh, a great testimony. What a great story that you shared with us around Acts. You know, it also reminded me when Paul was in prison. He was in lockdown, okay, in prison with guards at the entry. But the Bible says, but it was late at night and they were singing praises to God. Even in lockdown, even in prison, nothing, you know, nothing goes down on the one who offers up thanksgiving to God. And we know the rest of that story. As they were thanking God and praising God, 
the prison doors were open. And this is what God does in the spiritual realm. If you feel imprisoned in some way, I get that. And sometimes you don't feel like praising. You don't feel like giving thanks because you're a little bit out of sorts, a little bit off-center, and it's like, if anything, you just want to offer up complaints. But, but when Thanksgiving goes up, heaven comes down. And that's so powerful. So let me encourage you also just to give thanks no matter what circumstances you're in. And again, I know that everyone here hasn't had a, a perfect week. And so what we want to pray about is that things don't get easier, but that we get stronger, but that we get wiser. Let that be your prayer. It's like, God, Lord, help me to be stronger. Help me to be more gracious. Help me to be more thankful. Help me to be wiser in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.